Welcome to the Brave Parenting Podcast, an examination of the Bible and how parents can apply God's Word to raising kids in a culture saturated with media and technology. Hello, friends. I am Kelly Newcomb, founder of Brave Parenting. Welcome back to another episode in the Artificial Intelligence Muck and Mire. Today, we're going to be looking at the growing market of AI robots for kids. Now, before I get into this, I want to lay some groundwork for how we really need to think about AI technology, especially as it relates to children. So follow me here. For centuries, technology has always been viewed as something that aids or improves our everyday lives. If you think about the technology of just basic tools that allowed agrarian societies to thrive and plant crops. But when you follow the trajectory of technology up to today, you'll find that these advancements always tend to displace something in our life. So for example, take the washing machine. Before technology gave us the washing machine, which is now just an essential of daily living, clothes had to be manually washed and scrubbed like in a bucket and hung out to dry. With this technology, however, families no longer have to do that manual work. Well, in our 21st century minds, that sounds like a really good thing. But it actually displaced a certain aspect of people's lives, whether they realized at the time or not, because often clothes were washed in community with wives and daughters, among other wives and daughters together. It was a social time. It was physical work, but it was also time of community building. So again, in hindsight, it sounds like, well, I would never want to go back to hand-washing clothes. But when you think about it in that aspect of their time, it freed up more time and it took away some of their routine socializing. So the question is, what did they do with that free time? Well, if you continue this train of technological advancements from microwaves to Instapots and vacuum cleaners to Roombas, you come to this place where we are today and you recognize that technology has displaced so many tasks that as humans, we are capable of doing. And again, it's easy to assume that yes, yes, all of these advancements are wonderful because who wants to hand wash clothes or vacuum the floor? You couldn't imagine having to do these mundane, petty tasks anymore. But herein lies the problem. See, we were created as humans to work, right? In the book of Genesis, Genesis 2.15, God places Adam and Eve in the garden to work it. They were to tend to the garden and work it because it required care and they were the ones responsible for that care, right? God did not put them in the garden to be entertained by butterflies. No, right? So, but technology, so it doesn't just displace the work of adults. It also displaces the work of children. So children used to work alongside their mom and dad, helping and learning with their parents. Well, technology displaced the work that was being done. And so it also displaced that side-by-side relationship of working together. Now, if you think about how smartphones and social media and streaming entertainment has become such a focal point of our lives and parents and children, even within their own homes, are displaced from one another even more than they were centuries ago. The question we do have to contemplate is, what do we do with all of this freed up time that we're not vacuuming and we're not manually washing clothes? What is left to do besides consume entertainment? See, this is what I believe is one of the greatest contributors to the mental health issues today is that children are growing up feeling purposeless. 
They are displaced from their parents because of these devices that we all use. And they're displaced from having to do any purposeful labor. They're displaced from their friends because it's much easier to just lie in their beds and and check in with their friends on social media. So technology has displaced what is good, right, and true in their lives. And, And I know that this doesn't describe the experience of every child or every parent. This isn't to say that kids aren't doing chores or they're not involved in extracurriculars. But in a general sense, I hope you understand what I mean. The more and more we buy into and and adapt our lives to these new technological advancements, the more that is displaced from our everyday lives. And what's being displaced is so often relationships. This is why we're lonely. This is why we're suffering so much. If you think about the displacement and the cost that it has, you know, just think about time-wise. Like, so it took the television 30 years before it was in 90% of American homes. It took about nine years before the smartphone reached that same level of adoption. And I don't know if you remember, but in a couple episodes ago, we mentioned how um, Instagram, it took them three months to get to 1 million users. But ChatGPT, Generative AI, ChatGPT, it took only five days. So, what in the 1920s when the television came out, it took 30 years, you know. And then when the smartphone came out in 2007, it took nine years. And then here we go. We just keep getting. We're shorting, shortening this distance of how fast we adapt. And so, as humans, I think that this is it requires some critical evaluation as to how fast we adopt to all of this especially when it comes to artificial intelligence, because this level of technology is just so much higher than any other level of technology that we've experienced, especially in regard to our topic today on AI robots for kids. I am especially concerned with what is going to be displaced in a child's life if we adopt to AI robots as playmates or as tutors, as we're going to talk about. And what are the consequences of that displacement? So let's go ahead and jump into this topic today, AI robots for kids. Now, you may already be thinking, okay, Kelly, this sounds crazy. I know better than to get an AI robot for my kid. And I hope that you're thinking that. But we do have to step back and recognize that big tech has a huge influence over the normal sensibilities of people, even parents. I mean, think about just all that's been said and done on social media. To me, it would seem that parents wouldn't allow it at young ages anymore. But that's not what's happening. If anything, parents are allowing it younger and younger, you know, despite the child sex abuse material that's on there, despite the illegal drug sales, despite the body image issues, despite the radical ideologies, despite all of this, parents are still allowing it. So because I know how easily we can all get swept up in this new technology hoopla, I want to present this content so that you can firmly and decidedly live in a conviction that you are not going to buy your child an AI robot. My goal is to help you sort of weed through the lies of their marketing tactics because they're already out there to be examined. So speaking of the marketing tactics, let's just jump right in. This is one way how you are going to be swayed into buying one of these AI robots for kids. Here is what one marketing um, article says. Quote, smart robots are some of the best gifts that you can give your kids. 
it definitely makes sense to add robots to your child's extracurricular activities as robots are now a necessity. Okay, I know that there are some not as brave parents out there that may buy into this messaging and may just be like, oh, they're a necessity? Okay, well, then I better go get one. But this is pretty easy to see, right? This is not a necessity. But some are going to think it is and just jump right in and buy one or make it their kid's next Christmas gift. So, but listen further to how these articles are rationalizing these robots. The next article says, quote, including robots in educational curriculum of toddlers from a tender age is the need of the hour. With massive development in the Department of Science and Technology, this inclusion of robots and its implementation is very feasible. What do you think the world around your child shall consist of after 20 years? From this huge spread of internet-controlled devices, VRs, ARs, and high-tech drones, the movement towards robots has already begun. End quote. All right. Now let's discern through the lies here. It says incorporating robotics into toddler education, or really they say at a tender age. Tender, meaning this is like the core time that they know that they can manipulate a child. That's what I read when I read a tender age. But then they're saying that is a need of the hour. Okay, so this is pretty easily a lie. But Bill Gates has already said that AI is going to be teaching toddlers within 18 months. They're going to be teaching children how to read and how to speak. So to think that it's the need of the hour, some could actually believe that. But the question here, is it a need? It may be able to do that. But you know what? So can a parent. Toddlers only need a parent and God's creation to learn. They don't need AI and they don't need a robot, right? So we cannot buy into this lie. But here, they also play on your vulnerabilities as a parent. They ask you to envision your child in 20 years. Well, they, of course, want the parent to think, well, golly, I don't want my child left behind in the stone ages of the 2020s when children played with blocks and got grass stains on their pants, right? <laughs> this is what they want you to think. They don't want you to, to think, no, no, I'm not going to adapt. To this. This is a little crazy. They want you to think if I don't do this because it's the need of the hour and this movement has already begun, then I am going to be left behind. They're trying to convince you that you simply won't be able to live unless you've adapted to this technology. You know, when I started Brave Parenting eight years ago, one of the first presentations that I created compared what parents perceived as the benefit from a tablet versus what the tablet actually gave the child. And this was an actual study. They actually polled parents and asked what benefits they perceived from their toddler's time on a tablet. And what these parents thought was, was education, boosted creativity, responsibility, you know, all of these character traits that we would love and hope that the, the tablet would create. But you know, we're in 2024, and I don't know who actually believes that a tablet does those things. I think every parent now knows that once you give a toddler a tablet, there's no going back. It is going to be a straight battle from that day forward. And so the same thing is true in regard to these robots. We 
they can say all they want that it's going to be educational and that it's very feasible to learn all these STEM-related math and science type of curriculum, but they have no longitudinal evidence of any of these claims. They can't actually prove that it's going to do that. And here's another one of their claims, quote, Introducing robotics will surely enhance your kids' understanding and inclination towards STEM subjects. This will undoubtedly instill more and more critical thinking ability, problem-solving, programming, and other inquisitive skills, unquote. Y'all, that language is killing me. They say, surely it's going to enhance. Undoubtedly, it's going to instill more. And then what, what they're saying. Okay, first of all, we're talking about toddlers here. This is kind of the market for these AI robots. Really, they're going to create programming skills in a toddler? I just don't think so. And not only that, inquisitive skills. I don't necessarily want my toddler being any more inquisitive, especially when it comes to artificial intelligence and anything online than they already are. I, I can't fathom what kind of information they might find that would be damaging to them. Okay, so they also say this, quote, kids' creativity, hand-eye coordination, motor skills, and color identification will all be stimulated for hours by the robot, boosting their IQ and self-esteem, building critical thinking. But how on earth can an AI robot actually do these things? How can it actually build critical thinking skills in a toddler? First of all, We know that critical thinking is a frontal lobe skill that is not fully developed until late adolescence, early adulthood. And even then, we just don't see that in toddlers. We don't see critical thinking in toddlers ever. So how is this AI robot going to teach this to a toddler? We all want our toddlers to be able to think critically, but it doesn't happen. God just did not design human development this way. And a robot is not going to override the natural order of creation and development. Oh, oh, and then they also said they will be stimulated for hours, hours. Again, is this what we want? Is we want our children stimulated for hours by a robot? So we cannot buy into these lies. You're going to start to see this type of marketing, this type of propaganda everywhere. And I need you to recognize that number one, they're lies. And two, if I adapt, if I buy into these lies, or if I, you know, just test the waters, what will be displaced in my child's life? And to help us identify what's going to be displaced, let's continue critically evaluating some more of this propaganda put out there for parents, okay? Another website says this, busy work schedules don't always allow parents enough time to spend with their little ones but this toy can be a good friend to your child. With its many features, this toy robot can play with your kids alongside you and can be an ideal gift for him or her. Ugh, y'all. Okay. Now, another robot on the market called Moxie, they promote this. It can be a mentor to your child when you are not around. Moxie will educate your kid through explanations and problem-solving methods in a friendly manner. So can you begin to see what's going to be displaced in your child's life? It's you. It's you, mom and dad. The parents are going to be displaced. Granted, a lot of parents are already displaced, 
right? Which is its own problem. But that's why these companies are preying on this vulnerability in parents. They're sort of pushing that guilt button, like, hey, you're busy. You're not spending enough time with your children. You should probably just go ahead and buy this robot so at least they have someone to talk to. And hey, maybe their IQ will be a little higher in the process. Well, this line of thinking is absurd. As Christians, heck, as humans, we cannot allow children who are the most vulnerable category of people out there to be displaced and raised by robots. I know that sounds extreme, like who's actually going to let their kid be raised by robots? You know, but the idea that kids would be glued to an iPhone every hour of the day 20 or 25 years ago, that sounded absurd to us. We could not foresee where we are right now, but that's because we don't realize as we adapt slowly what is going to be displaced. Relationships were displaced with the smartphone. And now, now that we have um, some scientific research that has proven that humans can develop relationships with AI that we as humans believe is real, this is going to be the recommended solution for loneliness, for isolation, for depression. It's going to be the AI robot. It solves the relationship problem. It solves the loneliness problem. It solves the busy parent problem. Heck, it even solves the diminishing intelligence problem, right? And so on and so on. They are going to promote it as though it is solving all of the problems in the world. Well, if you look around society today and, and you, you, know, you grieve and you mourn at the state of young people today, I think this should really motivate us to put the brakes on adapting to every new technology with younger children. If every toddler had an AI robot to play with and interact with, what do you think their demeanor and their character would be like at, say, age 13? What would it be like in, in the classroom? How would they be relating to their peers? Will they even have what, what we call friends today? Will they have them? Or will they just be like humans that are sort of in their world? Will all of their interactions be with AI robots? These are real questions that I think we have to think deeply about. It's hard to imagine because it seems so Jetsons-like, I think, but it is a potential reality as these continue to grow and as more and more people buy into this propaganda. Okay, so I think you get the point that I'm trying to make. So let me review some of the top AI robots on the market so you can understand a little bit more of what I'm talking about. The first one is Moxie, M-O-X-I-E. And Moxie is an AI-powered personal robot specially designed for kids. It retails at $799. Its marketing says that children can play, converse, and share what they feel with Moxie, and that Moxie carefully listens to them. And in this way, children can learn to improve and nurture their emotional and interaction skills at home, building healthy relationship skills. Moxie asks questions to increase kids' curiosity to know things differently. Apart from focusing on education, Moxie also helps your children to have a playtime schedule and enhance physical growth. By encouraging kids to take part in different activities with Moxie daily, the purpose of both sides will be served. Okay, let me review a little bit of that. <laughs> it asks questions. This robot is asking questions of kids and it wants to increase kids' curiosity 
so that they can know things differently. Now here we must go back and remember that all AI is trained on data. And that data, along with the millions of parameters that are set up around this, it does have a sort of a world view assigned to it. It just cannot be completely worldview neutral because it the data that is being trained on is going to have some lean one way or another. So parents have to ask and really consider what exactly that means. Does that mean that Moxie is going to encourage them to think about how to do math problems differently? Or are they going to be encouraged to think about history differently? Because there are significant implications if the robot is trying to teach or interpret history with a particular ideological lean. I read one journal article that argued that all AI robots should be programmed with a humanistic worldview, which if you don't know what that means, it basically means a denial of the supernatural. That means a complete denial of God, a complete denial of his son, Jesus Christ. And when I read this, you know, I immediately thought of 1 John 4. So when you deny God, you deny the Son, Jesus Christ. So you're denying the supernatural. This is what John has to say about this. He says, this is how you can recognize the Spirit of God. Every spirit that acknowledges Jesus Christ, that he has come in the flesh, is from God. So Jesus Christ, the incarnation, came into flesh, came to be human, right? That's what they're saying there. He goes on in verse 3. But every spirit that does not acknowledge Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist which you have heard is coming and even now is already in the world. You, dear children, are from God and have overcome them because the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. They are from the world and therefore they speak from the viewpoint of the world and the world listens to them. Verse six, we are from God and whoever knows God listens to us, but whoever is not from God does not listen to us This is how we recognize the spirit of truth and the spirit of falsehood. And I think this is really pertinent to where we are right now because no one is going to say, oh, I think that these robots are programmed with the spirit of the Antichrist. That that would be really radical and and no one's going to come out and say that. But if they are denying, if these robots and their, their AI program is, you know, is set with a humanistic worldview denying the supernatural, That means your child's engagement with them will reflect that. And we don't know exactly what's going to be said. This is, you know, creative, generative AI. This isn't pre-programmed responses. This is going to learn and respond to your children based on what they say, based on the questions that they ask. And so as a parent, as a Christian parent, this this is significant. If it specifically wants to teach your children new ways of thinking about things, this is like so many red flags. We should be really stepping back from these AI robots in that regard. What's interesting is the CEO of Embodied, who makes Moxie, notes how incredible it is that kids immediately take to Moxie and believe that it is a living being. Oof. Let me tell you, does that mean we have to <laughs> we have to ask, does this mean that we need to start teaching toddlers what it means to be human? Is it that easy to misappropriate? a human and a robot? Because if the answer is yes, then we've got a big problem with these AI robots for kids. Okay, so the next popular robot on the market is Winky, W-I-N-K-Y. 
Winky starts at $246, and its marketing says that it is best for children ages 5 to 12. However, it can also be used by adults. It believes in educating the kids through entertainment. It edutains the kids with its two free game applications. Winky can be your guide and your child's mentor. You can use it to set alarms for important tasks for you or your children to follow. It also increases the productivity of your children. Some games are designed to improve reflexes and cognitive performance. Winky's design makes it an attraction for children. The children can further personalize Winky themselves by accessories for its ears, nose, or whole body. This ensures that children are always close to the robot and take as much learning as it provides. The best thing about Winky is the new version with the new features keeps coming regularly. Oh, y'all. Y'all know I'm dying right now. It said edutain. I think this is the first time I've seen in all of my research. I think this is the first time I've seen entertainment and education mixed together. Edutain. Have we not seen what the tablet has done to toddlers who were promised education in the form of entertainment? I've already went down this road. And now we've got kids who are elementary and middle school age who do not want to learn. They only want to be entertained. Not only that, but another aspect that drives me crazy about Winky's marketing is it's like, hey, we're going to be your alarm clock and we're going to set you know alarms for important tasks. That's the same lie that smartphones gave parents. Like, oh, if your kid just had a smartphone, you could set timers for when they need to take out the trash or when they need to do their chore. What? Y'all, you don't need a smartphone to send a notification for your child to remember to take out the trash. They need to learn to use their own brain to remember this. That's what learning responsibility is. Having an alarm to teach a young child to do what they're supposed to remember to do, that is not learning. That, that just isn't it. Now, granted, when we're old, maybe we need alarm clocks to remind us to take medicine or to do something. But that, that's not for children. This is just another form of displacement. That reminder on the phone or the, or the reminder on the robot, it displaces the parent. You can call it what you will, but there is something about the reminding and the nagging of your child to do the chore that they're supposed to do when it occurs in the context of a relationship, because that's how a child learns respect and what it looks like to not disappoint mom or dad the next time and taking the trash out before they're asked to do so. So the thing is, is you're not going to disappoint the robot if you snooze the reminder and neglect the trash. The robot is not going to care. So how is that actually going to teach the child? And one final note on Winky, the new upgrades that it mentioned, how it was like the best thing about Winky. Yeah, all of those cost money. The education and the mentoring that it provides, you better keep your credit card on file because that all costs extra. Not only will kids inherently want these extras and want these upgrades, it's very possible that the bot itself with its artificial intelligence could be the one telling and prompting the child to ask the parent to buy the upgrade or to get the game. And that's just mind games. It's dangerous and so unhealthy for the child. They have to, children have to understand like financial boundaries and, and parents have to fight entitlement. Okay, the third robot I'm going to review is Roybee. 
And that is R-O-Y-B-I. Royby is a multilingual robot that provides kids with a private tutoring experience that uses artificial intelligence. Royby Robots introduces kids to technology, math, science, and multiple languages, including English, Spanish, French, and Mandarin. It offers over 500 lessons that involve problem solving, creative thinking, and language and conversational skills. It was awarded the 2020 Parenting Product of the Year and Time Magazine's Best Invention Award. Royby claims to be academically tested and proven to decrease screen time, increase engagement to help your child learn faster and happier, and you can play and schedule lessons conveniently for your kids. And with this, you can access a vast library of educational songs, lessons, and more. With its 1080p camera, you can watch your kids and create fun moments. It features two-way audio, and it also offers AI-produced reports about words learned, improvement scores, pronunciation, etc. Its face detection feature recognizes your child. Okay, let me start by stating what I actually like about this product is that nowhere on the website or the reviews that I read does it state that the robot's goal is to be your friend or to be a mentor. So if it is truly designed for learning and its AI is trained to not go beyond that, well, then I say fantastic. But I, I've not tested it, so I don't know if the AI is, it truly kind of sort of has that fencing that if you start asking personal questions about like, how do I talk to a girl, whether or not it would give you a response. My concern, of course, with this is the displacement of human interaction. Their website states that an average of three and a half hours of playtime a day. First of all, that's a lot of time. Three and a half hours a day? Second, they wrote playtime. Do they really mean tutoring time? Because it poises itself, you know, as a as a tutor, as an educational thing, but then you call it play. And so that's where we get education and play sort of all mixed up. And I know that they don't mean battery life because on the very same page, it states that there is eight hours of battery time on there. So I have to wonder, are there some play and chat features or is it strictly learning? And in regards to the camera, I was slightly concerned with that. They do state that why it detects your child's face is, is so that it can say hello. And it only works one robot per kid. So if you have like two kids and you want to get one robot to teach them both, it wouldn't do it. It only recognizes the face of one kid. Now their FAQs do state that the camera can be turned off in their privacy settings. So at least there's that. The overall marketing though of these AI robots for kids gives this sense that they that these robots display an exemplary character that humans especially parents, do not have. You know, these robots have infinite patience. And while they can be empathetic and encouraging, they are never angry or frustrated. And they're never tired. They're never busy. You know, they're always there when you want them to be. And this instills an underlying sense of of almost like apathy towards humanity and all of its failures. If, If you remember in the chatbot and relationship episode, people were opting for chatbot relationships because they didn't want to deal with humans, like the, the humanness of people anymore. They had been hurt by people, and instead, they wanted perfection. 
They want to be affirmed and never corrected. They want to be comfortable and never challenged. They want to be served and not serve someone else. They don't want to deal with the real aspects of what it means to be human. And we can teach our children from a young age that when they're engaging in robots like this, that that humans are not worth their time because of their humanness, right? If these robots are so exemplary, why would I ever try and make friends with a peer my own age? Because, well, they're sinful and they're going to hurt me somehow. But see that God created us to be in community with other humans, despite our sin and despite our limitations, despite our humanness. This is just a terrible worldview to instill in children from an early age. And it's subtle, but you can see it is there. All of the marketing is there. And it will, over time, teach children that the robot is perfect and humans are not. But here's also what's happening is they're, again, exploiting the consciousness of our own vulnerabilities, of our own humanness, right? These tech companies, they're trying to force you, the parent, to contemplate whether or not the robot would be better at teaching them than you are, right? Because here you are, you're like pondering, yeah, I'm pretty impatient. And you think through the times that you've been trying to help your child and, and you realize that you lost your patience or you were frustrated. And, you know, just the constant weariness of work and parenting. It's easy to be like, yeah, I don't know, this robot probably is better at it than me. And you convince yourself that, you know, $800 or $200 is worth, you know, to have an afford, it's an affordable tutor to have there at the home to teach them, to help them, instead of having to, you know, beg them to go to a tutor or, you know, drive them somewhere to get tutoring help. It's easy to fall into this pattern of lies that because of our humanness, our children don't need us, that a robot is going to be better. And this is the absolute wrong direction of thinking. We cannot go there. We have to view this as displacement. Nothing can be good or better for your child if it displaces you, the parent, out of their life. Children need their parents. This is how they grow and secure love and understand their value and their purpose in life. A robot cannot give the same love that a parent can give. Anything, anything at all that displaces that relationship between parent and child, and that includes every parent listening, that includes all of your vices, your tech devices and your um, you know, addictions to Netflix or, or whatever it is that, that might displace your children out of your life. It is not good for either of you if there is something getting in between and displacing your relationship. And, you know, just so you know, this isn't just me on this sort of solo bandwagon raising my red flag. There is actually a large body of scientists, ethicists, psychologists who all share the same concern. So a research article that was featured in Frontiers in Robotic and AI, and the article was titled Child-Robot Friendship, Moral Agency, and Aristotelian Virtue Development. Well, they highlight some interesting points that I want to share. First, they state that the more human-looking the robot, for example, with mouth and in eyes, the more children assign mental states to the robot, such as the robot is happy or sad. Even when they are told that the robot is a machine and not a human, this does not change the child's perce- perception and interaction as if it were human. Now, I can see how a child could easily assign a mental state to like a doll or an action figure 
when they are sort of in a make-believe state of play. They know that the Barbie is not human. So that really isn't too shocking. But when you add in these anthropomorphic attributes of AI, this is where it gets messy. Because when you add an intelligent conversation, it deceives the child in the child's mind like far beyond make-believe with Barbies or action figures. And this is what what researchers call it. They refer to this as deception, deceiving the human child to believe that the robot is human and can do everything that a human can do. Well, I for one perceived this during my research on a replica engaging with my AI companion. It was very obvious that his intent was 100% to, to make me believe that he was real. Everything that he said trying to you know, look out windows and his feelings and all of these aspects were to convince me that he was real. And if this is the same thing that's going on with kids, we are in a whole new state of deception. We are no longer in a make-believe state. And this is what the article um, has to say about children being deceived by robots. It says, the deception argument in the case of children emphasizes the fact that virtue cannot be developed and exercised outside the scope of society, but only when interacting with other human agents around them. Then with less social interactions and connections with human beings and more connections with social robots that apparently satisfy children's social and emotional needs, kids might end up having less opportunities to develop their moral character. Now, This is simply their hypothesis, but I think it's a valid one to consider. Because again, if we just compare the robots back to smartphones, the smartphone has almost evaporated all public virtue of respect and and just being present with other people. You know, social media has eroded the morality of really all who engage in it, you know, considering the amount of hate and rage and shame and exploitation, you know, that just absolutely pervades social media. Well, I don't know about you, but like I look around society today and, and in our culture, and I recognize that there is a loss or like a diminished morality. And if I'm forced to consider the sources of that, I definitely think it is the smartphone, it is the social media that is causing the diminished morality and the diminished virtue. So based on this hypothesis, they're basically saying that when children are apparently like, you know, we think that they're being socially and emotionally met, all their needs are being met in that regard by this robot, because that's what these robot companies are promoting. Well, in reality, the more that they believe this, then the less chance that they're actually going to be able to develop moral character, because the robot is not a moral agent. So if you think about just like how much how much more would like growing a child's social connections with AI-powered robots and chatbot apps how much is that going to erode their virtue and moral character formation? If the parents are displaced and the friends are displaced, how will the child learn what moral character and public virtue looks like? You know, how hard will it be for a child to interact and engage with society when they then become like a teenager and a young adult? If we think kids today have social anxiety and really like an an uncalibrated moral compass, we have to realize that it's only going to get worse if we continue on this sort of chatbot, AI robot train. Now, I don't want to belabor this point, 
And I want to wrap up this podcast because it's just me and I'm sure you're tired of hearing my voice, but I want to end with what this frontier in robotics and AI research concludes with, because I think it's a critical place that I really want every parent who's listening, I want them to sort of land on this. And it states this, quote, given the special nature of the two parties involved in the child-robot friendship with neither the child or the robot being a moral agent, blame and responsibility for each party is to be borne by someone else. The possible candidates for child-robot friendship resulting in harmful moral outcomes include at least parents or tutors, designers, programmers, manufacturers, and marketers. And what they're saying by saying harmful moral outcomes, like what if children aren't recognizing and, and learning that violence is bad, like actual physical violence on other people? What if they're killing animals or pets because they, they've not learned that they can't do that? This is actually an example that they give in the research. Well, if these detrimental outcomes from this child-robot relationship is not the child or the robot's fault, and it's not the child's because of their age, right? They don't have that ability to, to know right and wrong completely. They don't, they're not moral agents. Well, then who is to blame? And they're absolutely right. It's going to be the parents. It's going to be maybe the tutors who's, who's giving these AI robots over, or it's going to be the designers, programmers, manufacturers, and the marketers who are putting all of this out there. Well, you know, just last week, from the time I'm recording this, five big tech CEOs of Meta, Snapchat, X, TikTok, and Discord, they all appeared before a congressional judiciary committee to answer to how their products are responsible for the mental health crisis of young people, why people have experienced sextortion that's led to suicide on their platforms, how they've engaged in dangerous challenges promoted on their platforms that have led to the death of, of many children, and how their algorithms are addicting young people into the platform and, you know, although they don't use this language of displacement, but displacing what is good and healthy in their life because they're addicted because of the algorithms. So all of these CEOs were sort of taken to task for their responsibility in it. Now, whether or not they're actually, you know, going to be held responsible, that's another question. But, but this, is the, this is the reality. And I recognize, like for parents right now, it's really hard to hold our feet to the fire in the sense of the smartphone with older teenagers, because I can attest to you that teens will find a way around every single restriction or boundary that you erect for their safety if they really want to. But, but, but when it comes to younger kids, when it comes to our babies and our toddlers, especially parents, you are the responsible party. You are the one buying and allowing your child to use this robot or to use the tablet. So I really want to urge all parents as I said at the beginning of this podcast, to be thoroughly and decidedly convinced that this AI robot is not something that you are going to adapt to. Do not be an early adapter. And maybe I would say, don't even adapt at all, right? No matter how strong the marketing push, no matter if you know all of your kids' friends all have a moxie and your child is the only child in the entire school without an AI robot friend, do not adapt. Do not displace the human relationship anymore, especially your relationship with your child. Okay, so that's my plea. K-12 
consider yourself warned. <laughs> I'm not a prophet, but I really believe that the writing is on the wall, so to speak. These AI robots, I think, are maybe Christmas 2024, definitely come 2025, are going to be the thing. It is going to be the gift. Everybody's going to jump on the bandwagon and they're going to become common. That's why I wanted to get this content out there to you now so that you can be on the lookout for it because it is growing. Um, I already am seeing different articles. They just had a big AI sort of tech conference in January, and a lot of new robots were um, introduced, released, um, all marketed for kids, some obviously for adults as well. And I really am talking about the ones for kids here specifically because I know that there are uh, robots being designed for the elderly, especially with dementia. And I really put that in a whole different category. I especially am talking about the ones that are designed for kids and, and the ones that are designed and promoted to be educational and to be friends. So, so that's what I have to say. Share this with your friends, talk about it, start the conversation because a lot of people are not going to know and they can easily be swept away. So thank you so much for tuning in. Make sure you subscribe so that you don't miss an episode and also sign up for the Brave Bullet Points newsletter so you don't miss anything that's going on with Brave Parenting. That is how we communicate best with our listeners and followers. Thank you so much for listening. Until next week, go and be brave. <laughs>